Hallelujah. Let's open our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 5. I'm so excited about this. Hebrews 5 verse 12 onwards. Hallelujah. It says, For when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongs to them that are of full age, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 1 Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works of faith towards God, of doctrine, of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And this will we do if God permit. Hallelujah. I'm so excited about this portion of scripture. Every time I read this, I'm excited. Because we've seen over the years, since 2006, we've been teaching the same portion of scripture and it excites me more than how it has been all these years. Because every time I come to this, I learn something new. I see something new. I am increasing myself. That's why I'm excited about this. 13 years of teaching the same portion of scripture, but it is, it's not getting over. I'm excited about this. This one, here it says, For when for the time you ought to be teachers, the writer of the book of Hebrews is telling all believers, everybody who has received Jesus as their Lord and Savior, you're supposed to be a teacher of these uh, a, B, C, D's of God's word. The word ought in King James, it actually means you're obligated. The Greek word, it's like an obligation. It's like, you're supposed to be doing this. An obligate, it's an obligation towards God. You're obligated to be teachers of these A, B, C, D's of God's word. That's what it means. I learned that this week. So I'm excited about this. I am obligated to be a teacher of these foundational doctrines. Hallelujah. And he said, because you did not continue in it, we have to teach you again. He said, One, you have need. The meaning of the word need is, it is, it is like an utmost requirement. It's like an utmost requirement. You have a deficit. That's the meaning of the word need. There is a deficit or a lack. So we have to go back again. If you are supposed to come up to this level by now, but then there is a deficit. There is a lack. You have gone down. So now we have to start all over again. That's what it means. It's amazing. The God expects every single believer to learn these things and teach these things. Like I said, now it's an obligation towards God. If you are a believer, you are obligated towards God to learn and teach these things. This is so powerful. And we have been going through this We've seen um, that as you continue in this, as you continue in obeying the, the written will of God the Father, you are stepping into the unwritten will. Many times you don't know where to go, what to do, whom to marry, which job to take, what to do. You don't know. Those things are not written specifically with your name and your address and things like that in the Bible. No. But there are certain things that are written for every believer. And what we have seen is, as you obey what is written, 
you are automatically stepping into the unwritten. You will see, suddenly things happen for you. And then you will know, ah, I'm supposed to do this. This is where I'm supposed to go. This is God-ordained. As you obey these things, you will see things happening in your life. I can testify that we are where we are today is because we obeyed this. We are where we are because we obeyed this. We took this, we, we believed it, we obeyed it, and we are to where we are today. Hallelujah. So we've been, we, have, we have gone through for, uh, repentance from dead works, faith towards God, baptisms, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, and right now we are in the topic of eternal judgment. Hallelujah. Judgment. It's a scary word in many Christian communities, in churches. It's a word that is used to scare people. God will judge you. Judgment will come upon you. But like I said, it's a beautiful word. If you understand the true meaning of the word judgment according to God, in God's eyes, it's a beautiful word. It's a word that gives you hope. It's a word that will make you rejoice. Hallelujah. We saw, why is it a beautiful word? The, the meaning of the word judgment is simply to separate things. We make judgment every day. We separate things. We decide what clothes to wear. We, we separate them according to how it matches your shirt, how it matches with your pants or your socks, your belt, how if it matches with your, with your shoes. You, you judge all these things. These are judgment that we make every day. Hallelujah. So judgment simply means separating, making a decision. Hallelujah. And we saw that judgment for believers is a good thing. It's actually a reward ceremony. Jesus said in Revelations 22 verse 12, he said, Behold, I am coming quickly and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. Hallelujah. So Jesus is coming with rewards, not punishments for believers. See, the best thing is the judgment for believers is already happening in heaven. You are already in heaven and he's not going to kick you out. So you need to understand if you are a believer, if you have called upon the name of Jesus, if you die right now, you are going to heaven. And your judgment is happening in heaven. Hallelujah. So what, what, so what is it that we can be joyful about? I, because we will say, I know what I did. You have no idea what all I have done. You have no idea what I did in the morning today. I yielded to temptation. I did this. So these thoughts come. So why should I rejoice when I hear the word judgment? We saw in 2 Corinthians 5.10... It says, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he has done, whether it be good or bad. So this scripture clearly says, you will be judged. You will receive rewards based on what you did when you are in your body. So that means if you are still in your body, you get another chance. You get another chance to correct what you did wrong. See, what has already happened has happened. You can't change it. Alright? But right now, you can choose to do the right thing. You can choose to come towards God. Instead of running away from God, you can choose. I messed up, but thank God for His mercy. I'm choosing to come to God right now. I'm getting another chance. You repent. Say, Lord, I'm sorry. 1 John 1, 9. 
if you repent, if you confess your sin, He is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Isn't that amazing? He'll cleanse you from all unrighteousness. All means what? All. Whatever you have done, He cleanses you from that. So, why do you have to run away from God if you did something wrong? Come towards Him. Say, Lord, I'm sorry. I messed up. And He will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You will still remain the righteousness of God. And with this concept, you're standing there before God for judgment. Hallelujah. So if you're in your body today, we get another chance. That's why we can rejoice. That's why we have hope. Hope means confident expectation. The meaning of the biblical word hope. Not the word, not how we use it in our general talk. We say, when we say hope means we say, I hope so. Will you, come, will you come for the party? I hope to. That means I may or I may not. That's what we mean when we use the word hope. But the word hope in the Bible means confident expectation of good. Confident expectation of good. Anytime you see the word hope in, the, in your Bible, you put the meaning there. That means confident expectation of good. That's the meaning of the word hope. So, when you hear the word judgment, you are having a confident expectation of something good going to happen. That means you get another chance to do the right thing. Hallelujah. Because you are in your body. Hallelujah. Once you leave the body, it's over. So if you are in your body, you get another chance. So we saw, and we saw in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, that you are judged based on what you did with the foundation. And what is the foundation? Bible says in, in verse, um, I think it's verse 16 or 17, 1 Corinthians 3, it says, No other foundation can any man lay except Jesus Christ. Jesus is the foundation, yes, He is the cornerstone. He is the stone that the builders rejected, which became the cornerstone. But here, in this context, context it means nobody can lay any other foundation except the foundation laid by Jesus Christ. And that is what we are learning here. These ABCDs of God's word. The foundational doctrine. And how you build on top of these foundations. What do you choose to build? Gold, silver, precious stones or wood, hay and stubble. Here 1 Corinthians 3 verse 12 onwards it says that if you build on top, whatever you build on top with will go through fire. Alright. If you choose gold, silver, precious stones, when it goes through fire, your, your work will remain. If you choose wood, hay and stubble, when it goes through fire, what's going to remain? Just a pile of ash and some smell of smoke. And Bible says, if any man's work abide, he, he shall receive a reward. If your work remains, then you will receive a reward. But if your work is burned down, then you will suffer loss. It doesn't mean loss of heaven, it means loss of reward. That means you don't get a reward. Hallelujah. But it says, He Himself shall be saved. That means you are still in heaven. You are not going to lose heaven. The price Jesus paid for us is so great that it is very difficult for you to lose your salvation. You can lose, yes, but there are certain conditions. It's God made it very difficult for a person to lose his salvation. We read Hebrews chapter 6. Let's just... Check that also. Hebrews chapter 6, verse uh, 4 onwards. 
It says, it is impossible for those who were once enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, who are made partakers of the Holy Ghost, if they shall, I'm sorry, and they have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away to renew them again unto repentance, seeing that they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh and put Him to an open shame. See, this is the condition. It's a tall order. It's not easy. It says, number one, look at this. They were once enlightened. That means you were in the darkness. Now you're in the light. That means you got born again. Alright? You have tasted the heavenly gift. That is Jesus. You have tasted the goodness of God. You have tasted Jesus. Hallelujah. And then you are made partakers of the Holy Ghost. That means after you received Jesus, the Holy Spirit came and dwelt inside you. And also you are baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then it says, you have tasted the good word of God. That means you are taught, you are attending a good church. You know the word of God. You are not a person who is ignorant of the word. You know the word of God properly. And then it says, and, and the powers of the world to come. That means you were used by God in signs, wonders and miracles. You walked in close fellowship with the Holy Spirit and Jesus. And you were used by God in signs, wonders and miracles. If such a person speaks against Jesus or the Holy Spirit, then for that person, it is difficult to bring them back. If they renounce their faith, not just any ordinary guy. Recently, we've heard news of many famous leaders. I mean, people who are, who are in the, who are worship leaders and them, and uh, worship, I'm not taking any names, all right. Worship leaders and famous people, they are renouncing their faith, so they just said, I'm not sure if I believe. Famous worship leaders of mega churches. They did not even know these foundations. If they knew these foundations, they would not speak things like that. They were not taught these things. Yes, they were talented. They were good. They, had some, they made some nice songs. They stood there. They became famous. People followed them. But they themselves did not have any strong foundation. Yesterday, was it yesterday or today? We read the news about one pastor in the US from a mega church. He was in charge of those people who were... Uh, he was in charge of uh, an organization within the church that was helping people with suicidal tendencies. He was in charge. He committed suicide. That pastor committed suicide. And in his Instagram post, he would say, he would put say, saying that just because you love Jesus doesn't mean uh, you will not have depression. That clearly shows his ignorance. That clearly shows, yes, they try to come. But if you know Jesus, if you know his word, you will know how to handle depression. You will not yield to it and commit suicide. The reason he, I believe, this is my personal belief, I believe that he's, he, was, he started that organization trying to help those people with suicidal tendencies is so that he will get some mental peace. He himself was going through these suicidal thoughts. And he was open about it. He's, he said, just because you love Jesus, you are not immune to suicidal tendencies. Look at that. That clearly shows that the help he was trying to give was just to pacify himself. 
without a strong foundation in the world. So, what happened? Committed suicide. Who gets a bad name? Jesus. Jesus. So, see, it's very difficult for a person to lose their salvation. So, it's not everybody who can lose their salvation. It is those people who have a strong foundation in the word, who, are, who have a close fellowship with the Holy Spirit and Jesus, who, who, who is used to being led by the Spirit, who, are, who knows the voice of the Holy Spirit. And they are familiar with the leading of the Holy Spirit. And when they minister, signs, wonders and miracles happen and the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are operating. Only when such people, after walking in close fellowship, if they renounce Jesus and the Holy Spirit or they blaspheme against the Holy Spirit, then it is difficult. That's the unpardonable sin. But for regular people who have no idea of the word, man, they can say a lot of things out of their ignorance. They don't have a strong foundation. They don't know what the word says. But their ignorance can be used by the devil as a tool to put condemnation inside them. They don't know the word. So what does the devil do? They will, put, he will try to put condemnation on them. They do something wrong, condemnation sets in. They go into depression. Hallelujah. So you need to have a strong foundation in the word. So, you are not going to lose your salvation just like that. So, judgment for believers is happening in heaven. Jesus made it very difficult for you to lose heaven. And your, the judgment for believers is a reward ceremony. Where he's going to give rewards based on what you did when you're in your body. What you built up on your foundation with. Hallelujah. See, the first three things. Gold, silver, precious stones. It's not easy to get them. You have to, there's a lot of work and toil involved to access those things and purify them and to give them their finish. But the other thing, wood, hay and stubble, it's available everywhere. It's available everywhere. The first three things, when they go through fire, they shine. The impurities get burnt off and they look even better. But wood, hay and stubble, when they go through fire, man, the complete composition changes. You get a bunch of carbon. Ashes. And forever, for eternity, you're going to walk around without any reward. It's like those police constables or, or, or those people who have this patch on top on their shoulders but with no stars in it. The more stars you have, the more your ranking is in army or in, in, uh, in the police, the more stars you have on your shoulders, that shows your ranking. If it is plain, that shows, ah, you just, you just entered. You don't have any, 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 any power. You're at the, at the base. You're down there. Hallelujah. So, for eternity, you're going to walk around without any rewards. And they're going to know. Everybody's going to know. And there may be, it says, yet so you are saved, he himself is saved, yet so as with fire. That means probably there might be some smoke around you or some smell. When you come, they might get smoked meat smell. Just the other day, we smoked some pork at home. And for two days, our house was smelling smoked meat. So, it's the same thing. Probably in heaven, when you walk around, they'll get, ha, ah, alright. There's some aroma about you. I'm just, I'm just, just talking all right <laughs> i don't know about that it doesn't say that but we need to understand this is what we are judged on hallelujah 
So we completed these and then we saw last week that there are books that will be opened. There will be books that are opened. Or Revelations 20 verse 12 says books are opened and based on what is written in there you are judged. And we saw there are three main books. One is called the book of life and the second is book of tears and the third is the book of remembrance. So we completed this and today we're going to look into the rewards that we are getting. Hallelujah. We're going to look at what rewards we're going to get. Hallelujah. Basically they're all crowns. So, I've seen five crowns mentioned in the Bible. Five different crowns. There could be more. I don't know. But based on what's in the Bible, we've seen there are five different crowns available. So, let's look at them. The first one is called the crown of righteousness. Hallelujah. That's in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. Paul says, Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to, to all who love His appearing. Hallelujah. To all who love His appearing. So this crown is a special crown for all those people who are, ex who are living every day as if Jesus is coming. Who is expecting the Lord to come today who are expecting, who are waiting for Jesus to come. And their life, the daily choices that they make, is based on that awareness that Jesus will come right now. He can come anytime. Hallelujah. So let's look at Titus chapter 2. We'll see one more scripture concerning that. Titus chapter 2. Verse 11 says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. See, it's talking about the grace of God. The undeserved favor of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. For everybody. He died once for all. But now it says, what does the grace do? It says, the grace teaches us to deny ungodliness and worldly lust, and we should live soberly, righteously and godly in this present world it says the grace of God will not will not give you a permit to live anyhow there is a teaching that's going on around there saying the grace you're in the season of grace you're in the dispensation of grace so you don't have to repent of your sin you can live anyhow and the grace is available it's the grace of God Jesus already paid the price for your sin so you can live anyhow that's the teaching that is going on there. But it says the grace of God will teach you. What does it teach you? To deny ungodliness. Not to continue to live in sin, but to deny ungodliness and worldly lust. And it will teach you how to live soberly, righteously and godly in this present world. That means where you are right now. In the midst of all the sin and the stuff, the pornography, all those evil stuff that is happening, the corruption. It will teach you how to live holy, righteously, godly. How? Then the next verse says, Looking for the blessed hope glorious of, and the glorious appearing of our great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Look at that. It says, you live right now in the present world looking. Ah, Jesus is coming. Anytime He's coming. He can come anytime. It said, you live in this present world 
looking for the blessed hope, the glorious coming or appearing of our great Savior Jesus Christ. That means every day you are supposed to live looking. Is He coming today? He can come today. The choices I make today, is it, is it godly? Is it righteous? Is it holy? Every single day. He can come anytime. Hallelujah. So this crown is for those people who obey these scriptures, who live every single day expecting Jesus to come. Anytime. Hallelujah. That's the crown of righteousness. The next one, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 25 to 27. It says, Everyone who competes for the price is temperate, disciplined in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable or incorruptible crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, uncertainty thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it unto subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. That's the Amplified. So here it's talking about an imperishable or incorruptible crown. And this is for those people who had self-control, who learned how to discipline their bodies, told their body, ah, 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 you are not going there. You are not watching that video. You are not yielding to that sin. You don't have to do this. You don't have to disobey your parents. Uh, you don't have to do this. You are disciplining your body. You have a temptation to do something. You know that is not right. Sometimes it could be eating certain things. You know that is not good for your body. You know so much of sugar your body can't handle. But still, ah, you saw it and then you yielded to it. You did not discipline your body. You did not have self-control. Hallelujah. So, if you don't have it, you're not going to get this crown. This crown is for those people who disciplined their body. Hallelujah. So, we are all competing for this. Hallelujah. Bible says there is no temptation that you go through that Jesus has not felt. He is our high priest. Hallelujah. He knows what temptations we go through and He's already provided a way out for us. Hallelujah. So all the temptations that you see, they are divided into three categories. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh and pride of life. Let me see, that's in uh, the book of John. Yeah. Yeah. 1 John chapter 2 verse 16 says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father but is of the world. So all the evil is categorized into these three things. And this is the same thing that Eve was tempted with. If you go to the Garden of Eden in the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 2, Sorry, chapter 3. Chapter 3, 
verse 6 it says when the woman saw that the tree was good for food she saw the lust of the eye of the eyes and it was sorry the lust of the flesh that's the first one it was good for food and it was pleasant to the eyes that's the lust of the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise that's the pride of life see the same sin that's what john is saying all the sin in the world is categorized into these three categories whatever you are desiring for whatever it is that makes you fall can is a, is a part of this category is is falls into one of these categories lust of the flesh lust of the eyes pride of life so we need to be careful hallelujah i'll give you the other verse also go with me to the book of hebrews Sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13. It says, There has no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But, the, but God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that you may be able to bear it. Look at that. He will not let you to be tempted above what you can handle. But when the temptation comes, he says, he is faithful. When the temptation comes, he is also giving you a way to escape. But we have to choose. It, the way is there. The option to escape is there. But the choice is yours. He will provide the way to escape. He will always provide a way to escape. But he will not force you. He will not force you to choose. Hallelujah. And then go with me to um, Hebrews chapter 3. Oh, wait. Let's see some. Let me get that scripture. Um, I think I missed it. James chapter 1, yes. James chapter 1 verse 13. I'm sorry. It says, we'll, we'll read verse 12. Blessed is the man that endures temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life. We read that. Then the next verse says, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempts he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. When lust has conceived, it brings forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. Look at that. So no man can say, when the temptation came, God tempted me. God brought the temptation. Because Bible says, God does not tempt anybody with evil. He does not tempt anybody with evil. And it says, Every man is tempted when he is drawn away with his own lust. That means all the thoughts, all the desires that are there inside you. You are drawn away by all those things. What you put inside your mind. Hallelujah. So that is what takes you away. And then it says when lust 
has conceived, it brings forth sin. All those thoughts, all those desires, uncontrolled desires, when it conceives, that means the more you yield to it, what happens? It births sin. The physical action is done. Hallelujah. Are you seeing this? So, if you can control your body with the word of God, with the right thinking, you get this crown. The incorruptible crown. Hallelujah. The next verse, let's stay there. The first uh, verse 12, we read James 1 verse 13 onwards. Verse 12 says, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation after which they will receive the crown of life which God has promised to them who love Him. Now here, this word temptation also means persecution. Said, so how can you say that? Go to Revelation chapter 2, verse 10. Don't be afraid of what you're about to suffer. The devil will throw some of you into prison to test you. You will suffer for 10 days. But if you remain faithful, even when facing death, I will give you the crown of life. The crown of life. This is during persecution. You believe Jesus, you come from a non-Christian background, you believe Jesus, they will persecute you. They will try to kill you. Even at the face of death, you will still say, I believe in Jesus. I will not renounce Jesus. When you stand on your faith, for such people, they get this crown called the crown of life. It's also called a martyr's crown. Those who were faithful till death. They are not afraid of death. They are not afraid to die for Jesus. Even when they put a gun at your head and say, Now you renounce Jesus. If you, if you don't renounce Jesus, we will kill you. You just say, Go ahead and kill me. I don't care. I believe in Jesus. I am ready to die for Him. And they shoot you and you die. But what's the best thing? You still are, you're still going to heaven and you're going to get a crown. It's called a martyr's crown. Hallelujah. The next one, that's crown number three. Crown number four. 1 Peter chapter 5 verses 2 to 4. Care for the flock God has entrusted to you. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly, not for what you will get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. Don't lord it over the people assigned to your care, but lead them by your own good example. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. Now here it's called the crown of glory. Now this is not for everybody. But everybody can get it. I'll repeat that. This crown is not for everybody. But everybody can aspire to get it. Now this crown is specifically for those people who are in leadership position in the church. In the body of Christ. People who have been given. Uh, who have people working under them. Or who are responsible for certain people. Hallelujah. It's for leaders, pastors, leaders, deacons. In our case, like people like us, uh, foundational doctrine leaders, all those people. 
This is for them. How? When will they get it? Just because you're in a position does, does not mean you're going to get it. It says you care for the flock God has put under you. You watch over them willingly, not for personal gain, not for money. You're eager to serve God. That's why you want to care, you're caring for them. And then it says you lead them by your own good example. Your own life is an example for them. You don't preach something and live differently. Hallelujah. Such people who fulfill these things, this crown is for them. But then I said, but anybody can aspire to get this. Yes. Yes. Why? Because from what we've been learning, we saw that if you continue to learn and teach these foundational doctrines as you grow, you will be given leadership positions. You will be given care of other people to go and teach them, minister to them. This is for everybody. Learning and teaching the foundational doctrines is for everybody. And as you are staying faithful to it, as you grow, as you mature, hands are laid on you. We saw laying on of hands where they are given positions of authority. You are given authority over a certain group of people to teach them, to mentor them. Hallelujah. Are you seeing this? So this is for everybody. If you are willing, you go through these foundational doctrines, you learn them and you start teaching them. And as you continue, you will be given positions of authority. And you qualify to get these crowns. It's called the crown of glory. Hallelujah. So this is not for everybody. It's for pastors, leaders, deacons, people who have been given care of other people. Leadership positions. Only. But every believer can aspire to get them. Hallelujah. Every believer, if you are faithful, you will surely be coming to leadership positions. God will surely raise you up to be a leader. Hallelujah. So you can qualify for this. For this crown. It's a crown of glory. The next one is called the crown of rejoicing. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 19. First Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 19. It says, For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at His coming? Hallelujah. This is called the crown of rejoicing. And this is not again, this is again not for everybody. These are for soul winners. People who win people to Christ, who share the gospel, bring people into the kingdom. Hallelujah. This is called a soul winner's crown. For believers who obey the commission, the great commission, to go preach the gospel, win people, make disciples. Paul is telling the Thessalonians, you are my crown of rejoicing. Because of you, he preached the gospel. He, he started the church there. He's saying, you are my crown of rejoicing. So this crown is for those people who win people to Christ. Hallelujah. Daniel chapter 12 verse 3 says, 
those who are wise will shine as bright as the sky and those who lead many to righteousness will shine like stars forever those who lead many to righteousness you will shine like stars forever i like that that's why we need to go and preach the gospel share the good news of god goodness of the uh, goodness of the kingdom of god good news we have to share it and then you qualify for this the crown of rejoicing hallelujah so these are the crowns that i have seen these are the crowns that i have seen and i have looked at it there could be more i don't know but from what i have seen i have listed them out the same thing with the books there could be there are surely many books because bible clearly says books will be open we saw three books book of life book of tears and book of remembrance there may be more i don't know here we see five crowns but i strongly believe these five are more than enough for every believer to aspire to get hallelujah thank you jesus now we'll take a small turn hallelujah go with me to um, colossians chapter 2 verse 18 Colossians 2 verse 18 to 19 It says let no one cheat you of your reward taking delight in false humility and worship of angels intruding into those things which he has not seen vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind and not holding fast to the head from whom all the body nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments grows with the increase that is from God Now there's a warning here It says let no one cheat you of your reward that means you can lose your reward people can cheat you of your reward how it says taking delight in false humility worship of angels intruding into those things which he has not seen vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind and not holding fast to the head so basically it means you're misguided through false teachings false teachings wrong doctrines hallelujah that's why it's important that you attend a good church where they teach you the word of god learn these foundational doctrines have a strong foundation hallelujah else what happens you can go off you can go off paul gives a warning in first uh, timothy chapter 1 verses 3 to 6 we'll read he's writing a letter to timothy who is the pastor at the church that paul started in ephesus and i besought thee to abide still at ephesus when i went into macedonia that you might charge some that they teach no other doctrine neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies which minister question rather than godly edifying which is in faith so do now the end of the commandment is love out of a pure heart and out of a good conscience and of faith from which some having swerved have turned aside unto vain jangling 
Look at that. Paul is giving a warning. He's telling Timothy in verse 3, he's saying, You might charge some that they teach no other doctrine. That they should not teach any other doctrine. See, this is a church that Paul started. He started, he taught them the foundations, but then some other people have come. I, or it could be people in the church who grew up who got misled. And he's talking about them in verse 6. It says, from which some having swivered have turned aside unto vain jangling. The word swivered is the Greek word astokio, which means miss the mark or deviate from the truth. That's the meaning of that word, swivered. Some people have deviated from the truth. And what happened? They missed the mark. And it says, and have turned aside. That means gone the wrong way. You're supposed to go this way, but you took another way. And what happens? Unto, turned aside unto vain jangling. Or it simply says, idle or foolish or stupid talk. Things that don't make sense. Things that don't make sense. Hallelujah. You're understanding this. They, they might be very sincere people. But because they did not stick with the truth, stick with the correct doctrine, what happened? They got turned away. They're very sincere. But they're sincerely wrong. Yes, some of the doctrines that they, people, that they teach, they teach it with a lot of passion. Like the extremism of grace teaching, where they teach you, you can do anything you want. You can live any way you want. It's the grace of God. We forgive you. God forgives. God forgets. You don't have to repent. That's an extremism of the grace teachings. And they teach it with full sincerity. But they are sincerely wrong. Some people say, you don't have to teach the Old Testament. The Old Testament, no. We don't have to read it. We don't have to look at it. Hello. When, when the apostles were there on the earth, when they were going and preaching, they did not have the New Testament written. What were they preaching, uh, preaching from? They were preaching from the Old Testament. They took scriptures. Uh, Peter, he started his ministry saying, this is that which was spoken by the prophet. He was quoting the Old Testament. Hallelujah. So you see, we have to be careful. We have to stick to the right doctrine, attend a good church. We should be able to rightly divide the word of truth. It's very important. Very important. Otherwise, you can lose your reward. You may be going the right way. You may have started by using gold, silver, precious stones. But after some time, you did not stick to the program. So what happened? You got swivered away. And then you thought, ah, this wood is good. Ah, I don't have to go and dig. I'll use some of this hay. See, you can lose your reward. You may have started right. You thought you were going in the right direction. But somewhere, you opened yourself to the wrong doctrine and you got turned aside. Hallelujah. So we have to be careful. We can lose our rewards. Hallelujah. That's why stick with the program. Learn these doctrines. Teach others. 
second john chapter 1 we'll read from verse 6 and this is love that we walk after his commandments this is the commandments sorry this is the commandment that as you have heard from the beginning you should walk in it for many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Look to yourself that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we might receive a full reward. Look at that. So be careful. Be careful. Stick Again he's saying stick with the right doctrine. You, that you will receive a full reward. There are deceivers out there. And as you continue, verse 9, Whosoever transgresses and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ has not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he has both the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you not bringing, bringing not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed. For he that biddeth him Godspeed is a partaker of his evil deeds. Now that's a very, very, very scary thought. You have to stick to the doctrine of Christ. The teachings of Christ. What Jesus taught. You have to stick to this. So that you can receive your full reward. That's why we are learning these things. The original teachings of Christ this is the foundation if you go away from this you can fall you can lose your reward hallelujah Hebrews 11 6 says without faith it is impossible to please him for he that comes to him must believe that he is and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him as you continue to diligently seek God to know the truth to build up your foundation you should know that he is going to reward you Hallelujah. So we have to be careful. We should not be turned away, turned aside. Hallelujah. Why? Why should we be careful? Why should we do these things? So we will receive our rewards. Hallelujah. Go with me to 1 Corinthians 6. We will close with this. Verse 2 and 3, it says, Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world will be judged by you, are you not worthy to judge the smallest matters? Do you not know that we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? The saints are going to judge the world. One day, Jesus is coming. He's establishing His kingdom. We the saints... Based on your, the rewards that you get, you will be given positions of authority in that kingdom when he comes. And you will be appointed to judge people. You are also judging angels. Wow. You will be judging angels. So from today, you need to practice by making the right judgment. Every action that you do, judge, is this the right thing? Am I yielding to temptation? Am I just simply doing it for, to please others? Every action, if we judge ourselves, 
we will not be judged that day. Hallelujah. So, that's what 1 Corinthians 11 verse 31 says. If we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord that we may not be condemned with the world. We need to judge ourselves. Every action that we do, we have to judge ourselves. According to the word, according to the truth of God's word, you judge yourself. Make sure you are, you are solid in your foundation. Your foundation is strong. You are built up and you are building others. And you live a life that can be a godly example for others to follow. Hallelujah. None of us are perfect. We all make mistakes. We can fall. Hallelujah. But thank God for His mercy. We can repent. We can get back. We can choose the right thing. Hallelujah. That's why judgment is a good word. That's why we have hope. Hallelujah. So this is the judgment for believers. There is also a judgment for unbelievers. That's called the resurrection unto damnation. That's Revelation 20 it is written. Hallelujah. Revelations 20 verse 11 to 15 you can read. Hallelujah. It's talking about the second death. And whoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Revelation chapter 2 verse 11 says, He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He that overcomes shall not be hurt of the second death. Hallelujah. There's a second judgment. It is called the white throne judgment. You read Revelation 20, you will see it is mentioned in verse uh, 12. And I saw the dead, small and great stand before God. Books were open. Oh, sorry, verse 11 says, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the, face the earth and heaven fled away, fled away, and there was found no place for them. Sorry about my voice. I've been preaching continuously. So, the words are taking their own sweet time to come out. It says, And this judgment that it's talking about is for unbelievers. It's talking about the dead. The dead were judged based on those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And, the de and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. Hallelujah. So this judgment is for unbelievers and that is not happening with the believers. It is happening 1007 years after our judgment. Hallelujah. Our judgment happens after we are taken up. After the rapture. After the seven years of rapture and then a thousand year of reigning and ruling with Christ. And after this comes the judgment for unbelievers. Hallelujah. So it's called the white throne judgment or the resurrection of damnation. Bible also calls it the second death. Why is it called the second death? Because you are dead, you are an unbeliever, you died without knowing Jesus. You are separated from God forever. You are in hell already. And after that, you are being judged. You are in hell already. And after that, you are being judged. And then it says, you are cast into the lake of fire. It's called the second death. So, with this, our topic is over. I believe you understood eternal judgment. We finished these foundational doctrines. 
and uh, we'll be continuing from the beginning again but I believe you understood this I would encourage you to go through the audio listen to it again build yourself up find one person and start teaching them hallelujah let's pray father we thank you for your word we thank you that we have hope we thank you that as long as we are in our body we get another chance thank you so much thank you thank you thank you lord as we endeavor to receive our rewards to receive our crowns hallelujah thank you father thank you thank you thank you you're helping us holy spirit we declare we will receive the crown of righteousness we will receive the incorruptible crown we will receive the crown of life we will receive the crown of glory we will receive the crown of rejoicing help us god help us holy spirit help us to fulfill the plan and purposes of god that we can say just like paul said i have run my race i have finished my course hallelujah thank you so much father i submit every single person here lord under the sound of my voice thank you that they are good ground for the word of god that the word sown in them will bear fruit 30 60 100 fold in the name of jesus their eyes are enlightened they have seen the truth and the truth has set them free free from the lies the bondages that the devil has told them that tradition has put inside them from free from fear hallelujah god has not given them a spirit of fear but a spirit of power love and sound mind thank you father thank you Lord. in jesus name amen amen hallelujah thank you so much